entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. And a special welcome to my guest host, Jay Kelly Bowie. Along with Kelly and our executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. Jay Kelly Hoey and I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders. And we are all leaders at some point, so you can then inspire others. You can find out more about Jay Kelly Hoey at jkellyhoey.co. That's jkellyhoey.co. And you can find Kelly on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. The Business Builder Show is distributed by C-Suite Radio. You can find The Business Builder Show and many other fine shows on C-Suite Radio. That's at www.c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Okay, Kelly, let's get going. Hey, this is Kelly Hoey, guest host of the Business Builder Show, and I'm absolutely thrilled to be here today with Stephanie Menarji. Stephanie and I met on the set of um, Power Pitch. Stephanie, how are you? I am excellent. Excellent. How are you, Kelly? Good. And Stephanie is the CEO and co-founder of Luxy Boston, uh, a lingerie startup. Uh, you're a trained economist uh, via the London School of Economics, and you left a career in quantitative finance to take on giants in the intimate apparel industry. That's so right. <laughs> that is quite the journey. <laughs> Economist turned lingerie entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. It was, it was a long, long path, but uh, it's something that had to be done. It just had to be done. It's something that I needed, and I felt like I can't possibly be the only woman on earth. You aren't. As someone who knows and loves your product, um, you, you're not. You're not alone. Uh, okay, but let's start with this entrepreneurial journey. You were laid off. It was, what was that, sort of the post-Lehman Brothers? Right, the Great Recession. That's right. It shook. I was working at a bank in Santa Barbara, California. Cushy job. I was comfortable. I was happy. And uh, the Great Recession rocked my world, as it did many people in finance um, back in 2008, 2009, and even in 2010. Um, I was laid off. I had to make a plan. I went to Southeast Asia, did some soul searching, <laughs> took myself out of my comfort zone, and I said, I'm going to start my own consulting practice. It's, again, in a practice that something that I've studied in school and I've had many years of work experience in. So it wasn't anything out of my comfort zone yet, but I was still starting something new. So yeah, let, be- yeah, let's talk about that a little more because you and I chatted about that before was like, how did consulting, because I think a lot of people sort of think, oh, God, I don't know about starting my own business. Uh, But how did the consulting, doing something with a client base and an expertise, how did that lay the groundwork for the thing that you're doing now? Yeah, you know, so when you're an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter in what space, 
So, yes, I was in a field that I knew very well, um, but I was still an entrepreneur. You have to go out there. You have to wear your salesman hat and you have to be everything, you have to be everything from HR to the salesman to the, you know, the consultant on the ground. And that really laid the groundwork for, well, I can really package this skill set that I've acquired and sell something else. I can move on to something that's perhaps out of my comfort zone. I don't. I didn't even know how to sew a button before, before starting my lingerie company. Uh, so, you know, it's just kind of, it's kind of funny how life leads you. And what really, I was consulting for a client in Australia and I was wearing a wrap dress, one of my favorite go-tos when I'm traveling. And the, my dress in the wind was not very forgiving. I was walking with my client and I was just mortified. I just was constantly holding up down my hands, not being present, uncomfortable. And I'm thinking, this is just ridiculous. I, there has to be a solution out there in the market. Surely someone has thought of, I'm not the only person that has experienced this. And there really wasn't. There really was no solution. I was going to, I want to say uh, Diane von Postenberg uh, and her uh, rap dresses didn't. <laughs> She was thinking Studio 54. She wasn't thinking at Sydney. It just travels so well. I love that rap dress. <laughs> Marty, you're not chiming in. You haven't had that problem. You don't no. agree? You no. don't? I, Marty, I, please. I, 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 th- I think I agree. I'm trying to relate. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to relate to but this conversation. But it wasn't just in that moment. And if anything, you always, in certain circumstances, as a female, when you're getting dressed, you need a layer at times in between. Uh, and the only option out there was shapewear. And I refer to that as sausage casing. It's not comfortable. It is not something that you can wear to work and focus and be present. And it's something that was, it just wasn't a solution for myself because um, I see discomfort as a distraction. Uh, and a lot of women, for all of human history, women have compromised comfort to look good. And imagine if we didn't. Imagine if we didn't have to compromise comfort. Imagine if we were just wearing, you know, loafers and a button-down shirt and the comfortable khakis like most men wear to work. And we didn't have to constantly think about something pinching you there or squeezing you somewhere else. It's just a matter of being confident in what you're wearing. And that there really weren't many options in the lingerie space, especially the lingerie in the lingerie space. So I had to think about, <coughs> excuse me, my grandmother used to wear slips. Well, slips went the way of the dodo bird a long time ago. Um, and I wanted to bring them back, make them more modern, make them something that's accessible to women that are working in the professional space. I, I, I just love all of this. And I'm laughing saying, okay, I felt your pain. I've lived this pain. I've had to do, you know, the uh, the sausage casing shapewear, um, yes. you know, all of that stuff. But also that's a really great example where uh, you think of big industries, particularly something like intimate apparel, where you have massive giants who are dominating the space. And there you had Sarah Blakely, who came in, the founder of Spanx, came in and blew it up, uh, you know, with Spanx. Uh, so let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, okay, you decide I'm going to start this, uh, you know, I'm going to start a company. I'm going to start focusing on something that I need and I know other women need. You, you've already admitted you didn't know how to, you know, sew on a button. Uh, 
tell us, you know, because there might be, I mean, people listening to the Business Builder Show who are thinking, oh, I've got a great idea for something that they either have a problem with or something they have a great interest in. And they don't know where to start with that manufacturing and that getting samples. So, so how did you start tackling this problem besides saying there needs to be a, a better product here? How did you start going about making that product? That's so that's that's a really good question. So I basically got various pieces of things out in the market and I cut them up, <laughs> put pieces of them together and gave them to a cousin of mine that does know how to sew. And I said, can you put this together for me in some way? And it was not anywhere near the final product, but it was getting me in that direction that I can start piecing these things together. And it's not rocket science. Um, and even rocket science has to start somewhere. <laughs> so I uh, worked with, so I live here in Boston. And anyone that's ever visited Boston knows that we experience all four seasons in one day. <laughs> so you have to have a really versatile material. So I went to MIT down the street from me and the material scientists down there. And I said, this is what I'm looking for. Something that works well in the cold, works well in, in when it's super hot, and I want to be comfortable the whole time. I need something that's breathable and organic. And they helped me out. Amazing. So how did you find them? Like, talk, talk me through that. Well, it's all, everything's local, right? So you have to work with your local network. Um, I had friends that were in the media lab at MIT that referred me to these material scientists that are working in this fashion space because there's a lot of innovation going on in that space looking for these materials that are um, versatile, you know, they're working on, in the same laboratory, they're working on threads that are heated. So that way you can have skiing, your ski jacket will have threads that are actually running active thermal vents through them. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, so there's all this great innovation going on. And I'm like, I, I want to harness some of this and use it in my, use it for my slips and camisoles um, that we want to reinvent. And where better than in Boston? This is when people think about Boston, they don't think about fashion and lingerie and sexy and glamorous. They think about tech and innovation. Um, and what better place to start than at home? Well, and that, well, the other piece on all of this is what you're hitting on, which is um, technology and innovation is hitting every industry. And I think people listening to our conversation shouldn't be surprised that somewhere like MIT, where we have a certain vision of what is going on in a higher educational uh, institution like that. But it's like they're uh, using technology and innovating every single thing. And all of this touches all of our lives. Uh, so, you know, sort of the opportunities there are in, in many ways endless. Um, so how, I want to say, you, you you went and got sample product. Uh, you, how did you find manufacturers? And how did you get those first samples out there to people? Excellent. So we, we sampled a series of manufacturers. And a lot of this information is available through design schools. Um, again, I, I, I went back to the university system, but not here in Boston. I went to the Parsons School of Design and FIT, the Fashion Institute of Technology in Manhattan. And there, you know, the, the one thing that people forget are these universities have so, all of them have so much information that they're eager to share for free. <laughs> Woo, magic words for business owners. For leaders. free. You just have to have a thoughtful note send and get it in front of the right person. And they're eager to have conversations. Um, some people even may consult on the side. 
Uh, but most of the time, this, especially if you want to manufacture in the U.S. So all of our products are made in the United States. And if you want to do that, these fashion, I'm sorry, these fashion schools are committed to try to help you keep that manufacturing care. Me, so if you're interested in, I'm sorry. Let me jump in for a minute. Um, it's a fascinating story. Uh, I love the idea of going to universities and tapping into resources that are out there. I think that was brilliant. Uh, I Some people would call that networking. I think Jake yeah. <laughs> Kelly Hoey might call that networking. And so I want to make sure that everybody listens, uh, listening uh, knows who our guest is and what her website is. So, Jake Kelly Hoey, why don't you tell us that? Oh, well, we've got Stephanie to do it even better. Stephanie, oh. where's, the best, where's the best place for people to find your First of all, find you and find Lexi Boston's um, product. Lexi Boston is sold exclusively through our web store, and we'll explain why we do that later on. Exclusively through our online store at LexiBoston.com. Boston is a part of our brand. And you can find me, and the, the handle for all of our social media is at Lexi Boston. And you can find me, Stephanie Mignargi, on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Fantastic. So you got these free resources through the universities, but let's 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 get to um, let's get to funding and let's get to what you just mentioned, which is selling exclusively through, you know, direct to consumer through your own website. Talk to us about that. Okay. So funding. Well, we went on Kickstarter and this has kind of been our approach since the beginning, where there are a million people in the lingerie, lingerie space. How do we stand out? How do we do things to get some attention? Well, we show up in places where you least expect us. We showed up in Kickstarter, a place where you find video games and, again, more tech startups that are looking to promote their products, not exactly lingerie. So we, went, we showed up in Kickstarter to really also, not only for funding purposes, but also to kind of litmus test the market. Because mm -hmm. on Kickstarter is a very well-educated professional group of women and men that are interested in the product and that have approached us while during the campaign and gave us excellent feedback. We had people testing our products through, just from exposure on Kickstarter, had so much media exposure, just again, because we showed up in a place we were least expected. Mm. And that's why we also made Boston part of our brand. We are Luxie Boston. We're not Luxie Paris or New York, where you typically would see a fashion house coming out of. We're Luxie Boston because it's surprising. You don't think fashion and glamour when you think about Boston, but generally I'd like to think, maybe this is just my bias, people have a good impression of Boston, especially their excellent baseball team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, I, I grew up on the West Coast of Canada. And, you know, when I used to say, you know, where I was from, you know, people just had sort of had visions of tie dye and Birkenstock. So I get, I, get, I get the, yeah, not from the most, most fashionable place. And, and, and thinking about this, so you were using a crowdfunding platform, you're using it for uh, funding in the way of, of pre-orders. Uh, and, and, Correct. And you're doing so but what, four or five years ago at this point, when actually a lot of people weren't using those sites uh, Correct. for that. Correct, correct. So it wasn't as pop, the idea of crowdsourcing, crowdfunding, that was all brand new at the time. Um, and yeah, I remember my family member saying, what is this kickstart? What are you kickstarting? And, <laughs> and so it, it was uh, an interesting space, but I think it was, it was an excellent timing because the people that were on it were um, kind of on their, their finger was on the pulse of the latest trends, of the latest movements in, in technology. 
And that included, you know, the softer technologies like material, material sciences. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, being on Kickstarter, we also stuck out like a sore thumb, not to put it negatively, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like we, I said, sometimes being the only one in the room has its advantages. Completely. We received phone calls. That's how CNBC found us. That's how Forbes found us. We just show up in places where we're least expected. That's, that's mm. the way we stand out. Um, that, and that's the way we use our small, teeny tiny size to our advantage. We're nimble. We can move into these spaces quickly and it makes people pause. Yeah. Like, oh, well, what are they doing in Boston? Yeah. That's not what a rocket ship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, and, and you know what's interesting? I think there's an element and you've hit this sort of the right place, right time. I don't know about you. I don't know, you know, DC, Marty, how you feel like this. Sometimes now getting endless um, emails for crowdfunding or, you know, go donations that are collected through some of these sites. It's like, it's fatigue. Um, just a lot of fatigue uh, because you're hit with so much of it now. And just thinking when you sort of saw, hey, there's a possibility here and people aren't using this this way, but I can, um, there's a, that kind of that first mover advantage. Correct. Completely. Um, you know, right now we do, there are a lot of seed organizations out there, um, so it's just, I think a lot of this right now is more popular. Uh, perhaps mm -hmm. if I started Luxie today, I wonder if I would have gone on Kickstarter, only because there are so many different options today. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's, it's difficult. You know, the world changes so quickly. Everything mm -hmm. moves at such a fast, fast pace yep. that we're constantly, you know, recalibrating our message and our approach, our funding approach, our sourcing approach, because there's just so much information out there. And even so, we, no matter what we do, we have to figure out a way to stand out. But at the same time, stay nimble. Right. So, so let's talk about how you are funding and why you're direct to consumer rather than trying to get into Macy's or Saks Fifth Avenue or whatever. That, now, <laughs> this is kind of controversial, but I've. <laughs> many we, like like we, like, we like controversy on this you know, show, don't we? In a, world, yes. in a world where we buy, let's be real here, where we just buy everything from Amazon, <laughs> no one, it's difficult to make a brick-and-mortar argument. That being said, everyone still appreciates something special and nice, and that's not available on Amazon. And especially in this space where we have a lot of customers that, yes, they're buying our products for work, they love our product, and then their best friend gets married. They get this for her because it's something special. It's not as accessible. You can't just prime it and it'll be there the next day. It's something that's, it's your one nice thing. And I think that by offering it exclusively through our website, we're able to create a culture and a, <clears throat> and a product that's very specific to our customer base that feels special. And it's difficult to feel special online. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can walk into Neiman Marcus or Saks, they give you a bottle of water, some tea, sit down, relax. You're in this ambiance that feels luxurious and welcoming and warm. And it's difficult to do that on an online store. So we feel that if we do it exclusively through our website, we can have stronger controls over the product and the quality and the message. But more importantly, it feels special and rare and unique and where everything is just plastic and made you know, abroad and packaged the same and looks the same. This is something that's unique and special. Kelly, can I, I can I jump yeah, in? Ahead. Yeah, yeah, um, please, Marty, please. Because I'm fascinated that you've made that choice. Uh, I think that's a great choice. 
But you had to get the word out. You had to put a program together. How in the world did you do that? (laughs) So that's... That's the million dollar question or billion dollar. What is a million dollars these days? A billion dollar question. It is all about social media. But my girl, my woman, my my client, my customer, um, she is conservative. She's not going to be sharing her Luxie online immediately. She'll be sharing. Um, there is some sharing, you know, like, oh, look at this beautiful robe that I just got or look at my cami that I received. But it's not in the, in the space of, say, shoes where, or children's clothing where it's so um, ubiquitous. It's something that's a little bit more intimate and personal. And considering that we work with a more conservative customer base, um, we figure that we've put a lot of our effort kind of in an old school fashion by working with real people in networking groups <laughs> specifically specifically i know this is crazy cool my actually, god you're meeting you're meeting in person saying we so- talk to human beings <laughs> <laughs> and we worked we started again locally with a local right. law firm and an accounting firm they regularly get together a group of women get together in these respective firms and we sponsor a happy hour a case of rosé goes a long way. We offer, we have our discount postcards. We offer exclusive deals. We get a case of rosé. Everyone has a blast, and the conversion rates are astounding. Amazing, there, there, Marty. There, there is the quote of the day. A case of rosé goes a long way. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant strategy, Stephanie. Congratulations. I love it. You know. But you're, you're, and you're not. Are you? You're not showing up. I know you. You and you and I were emailing. Like you've got now uh, affinity groups, pro- women's professional networking right. groups that you're working in a whole, working with in a whole lot of places. And some of this, you're you're sending the wine, you're sending the stuff, but you're not even having to show up. And you're no, still getting no, these no, no. Rates. Our biggest client base is uh, interestingly, we have uh, in Los Angeles. Austin, Texas. We're here in Boston, of course, New York, D.C., Washington, D.C., and Seattle, another strong base. And I, I can't be, I can't go every day at 5 p.m. to these places. First off, I would be exhausted from all these happy hours. <laughs> no, and my interns, God, they would love it. I'm sure they would love it. <laughs> Well, I want to say at, at South by Southwest a few years ago, I had the um, opportunity to meet George Takai, and I said to him, "I've I've got a bone to pick with you, like you and Scotty. Where's the technology? Beam me up!" <laughs> right. It would take forever. The concert has been retired, for God's sake. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, so, 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 so how? So, so this is. I think this is really great in terms of scaling and strategy for other other um, business owners, not only have you figured out a market entry st- um, strategy with your target audience, you've also figured a way to scale this that doesn't require, because I think sometimes when we think about doing things that are event-driven, partnership-driven, people-driven, we're like, oh my God, this is going to take so much time. But you, you've hit on something like, hey, this works. I get the conversions I need. And also, I don't have to be there. Yeah. The rosé speaks for itself. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Quote number two of the day, Marty. Yeah. I'm, I'm investing in a case, you know? <laughs> If rose and futures go up after, you know, this episode. Minuti, that's our personal favorite. Hard to find sometimes, though. 
Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, any advice to uh, to others, you know, and uh, in terms of in terms of finding the right partners, uh, particularly when you're dealing with, uh, I'm going to say, professional organizations or corporations or affinity groups, any any guidance there for other business owners who might be listening to this and thinking, oh, wow, that might work for my business, too. You know, it's think globally, act locally. Isn't that what they say? That totally applies to networking. You have to start your network locally by volunteering even you know now I'm a, I'm a mother now so my network has expanded to a branch of you know women that I would probably never have interacted with before becoming a mother and that has expanded my base there and I've opportunities have unearthed themselves where I least expected them <laughs> mm. well I'm volunteering and you know for my children's school I I, w- I met someone recently that helped me get a <clears throat> to help me get a partnership out in, in Seattle. So it's mm. there are opportunities everywhere. And as an entrepreneur, you obviously have to always keep your eyes open for these things. Everyone knows that. But it's specifically keeping an open mind. Um, yeah, I love that because one of my biggest frustrations is when people say, well, I don't have time to network. And, and I sort of think to myself, yeah, but you're, you belong to your local chamber of commerce or you're a volunteer at your church or you're dropping your kids off at daycare what are you talking about with these other people? And, and and so many people just talk about the task at hand, which may be, you know, arranging the play date for the kids or, you know, who's picking up the collection on Sunday rather than talking about what they do in their in their daily lives. I've got exactly I've got one more question for for Stephanie Marty. Anything that we've missed? Anything you burning question you've got? No, well, I, I have some I have a marketing idea. Oh, I love it. And here it is. So when you go to the uh, the daycare center or you're going wherever you're going, I can see this shirt, a really nice looking shirt that has the hashtag bringing classy back. Yeah. So send Kelly and I a case of that wine if that works. Of course. Of course. Okay, go ahead, Kelly. I'm going to say, listen, you and I have been talking about me coming out to, to Scranton, Pennsylvania. When that happens, Stephanie, I am going to say we need you to partner with us yeah. Partner with us on that. I have, a, I have a case of rosé waiting for you guys. Woohoo! All right. All right. Um, uh, all right, Stephanie, I asked you, one of the questions I asked you uh, before the interview, I asked you for a business book recommendation because a lot of the times – uh, who is on the show and the business builder show is someone who's written a business book. And, you know, I know you're going to get to it one of these days, you're going to write your book, but the business book you offered up was David and Goliath by Malcolm Gladwell. Um, why, why is this a book every business owner should read? That's every, a book that every human being should read. Truly. Mm. I'm not, I, mean, I don't know Malcolm Gladwell. I don't have any uh, rights to the book or anything like that. It is an excellent read about, being the underdog and the advantages of being the underdog, being yeah. the big fish in the small pond um, over, you know, going into a larger space. You know, it's exactly what we try to do. The element of surprise and how being small makes that so powerful. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, in the story of David Goliath, everyone knows a story where it's, you know, just simply the little guy wins. Well, it's actually a little bit more complicated. And Malcolm Gladwell talks about that about how, you know, he basically, he was a slingshot. He, he knew how to really shoot a slingshot well, David, little David, you know, next to this mammoth giant. But the giant was covered in armor and couldn't move. Um, and here is nimble little David with his little slingshot, and it's equivalent to a pistol. Um, 
<clears throat> against this mammoth covered in, you know, heavy armory. Um, so that's basically, as a small business owner and as a human being, it's nice to know that you should know and understand, study your advantages and your strengths um, and use those to your advantage no matter what your size is. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure, Stephanie, to reconnect with you off the set of Power Pitch. Uh, and, um, you know, knowing how many businesses, uh, you know, don't make it as far as yours and you are, you know, into your fourth year. Keep going, girl. Uh, keep thank getting, you. Keep being successful. And uh, thank you for being on the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf and I. Thank you, Kelly. I look forward to our coffee date soon and keep on rocking those excellent shoes. I have such shoe envy. I do. Every time I open up my Instagram, it's like Kelly with a new pair of shoes and they're gorgeous. Well, you know what lingerie I'm wearing, so you don't need to be yeah. on that. It's yours. Let's stop there. This is going far enough. Let's stop there. Oh, you're still there? You're still there, Marty? Sorry. All right. Hey, Stephanie, pleasure to meet you. Honor to meet you. Uh, great job. I love your website. And that website is luxieboston.com. That's L-U-X-X-I-E boston.com. Luxieboston.com. Thanks, Jay Kelly Hoey, for being our guest host on the Business Builders Show. You can learn more about Kelly at jkellyhoey.co. That's jkellyhoey, H-O-E-Y dot C-O. And, of course, you can learn more about me, Marty Wolf, and the Business Builders Show at martywolfbusinesssolutions.com. That's martywolfbusinesssolutions.com. Remember, you can get all our shows and many other great shows at c-suiteradio.com. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf.